Blog Talk Radio. Number one source for knowledge in the information age. High Frequency Radio Network. Thank you. 
ain't dropping a dime. I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line.
would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Soul L, and it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you again for another episode of The Foundation. Where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. That's why we are correctly applying that correct information here at The Foundation. Today's episode is entitled The Economics of Poverty. I want to discuss it. Discussed. I am disgusted, but I would like to discuss this on today's episode. And we got a couple of, I got a couple of announcements to make <clears throat> a little later on. We're going to get into that. So, We're going to make that happen on this episode of The Foundation. <clears throat> Sorry, just getting everything uh, situated over here, you know what I mean? I trust you are having a luxurious and ever so luxurious day. I trust that everything is working in your favor. As it should course i want to start off by saying all thanks honors and praises due to the creator i want to say big up and shout out big brother yusuf l high frequency radio network creator created creator spcuniversity.com you're looking to get into that secured party creditor position. I recommend that's where you do your dance, you know what I mean? SPCUniversity.com. And then subsequently, we would like to invite you to check out welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you sign up for the email list. I would say that's probably one of the most important things to do. At welcome to the foundation.com. So you can have access to our exclusive offers, events, and content only available to email subscribers. You can also check out our PDF section at welcome to the foundation.com. I know I said that kind of has some sorry. Get your free information on a lot of documents we're being charged for. Some are relevant to the foundation, trust, estates, business, so on and so forth. But, you know, not all of them are. But they're there. You may see something in our PDF section, which is absolutely free, that you may have paid for or on offer to pay for it 
So just go go grab it. Go grab it for free. Welcome to the foundation.com. Just check out the PDF section. Also, don't forget to check out that that wow wow. Can't even talk. Stop the music on that. Check out our education section. We got the Foundation Trust Primer. If this is brand new to you and you're just getting into this dance, what kind of trust is this? What are these guys talking about? Is this illegal? And you have the inclination to email or contact us and say, hey, where do we start? I think outside of the obvious, which would be, you know, welcome to the foundation.com and checking out all the previous shows that we've done. But grabbing that Foundation Trust Primer, Foundation Primer Trust, it's the Foundation Trust Primer. You quit messing around. It is over 18 hand-picked documents by yours truly. And these, you know, I finally went through and was like, okay, this is this is where people need to start. I got enough. Uh, you know, honestly, I had people, you know, booking consultations, just asking me, where do I start? And I, I felt as though that was, you know, a little excessive <laughs> as far as, you know, having to pay for a consultation just to have me say, hey, check out these PDFs and these different documents. So there it is, Foundation Trust Primer. It's the type, you know, type of information that directly pertains to the type of structure that we utilize, that we educate upon here at the Foundation. Also, we have the Foundation Trust Series Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3. I say it together like that as though they were produced. I had to, obviously, I did them in sequential order. You know, the the actual production and filming of that. But, you know, I think uh, what should be understood is that, you know, part one is more beginner, part two, intermediate, and part three is probably a little more advanced. And not to say that, you know, you don't have the wherewithal or the... Uh, what is what would I say the the mental mental compunction <laughs> to you know jump and do you know check out number three first of the trust series and then maybe circle back to number one or whatever you can do them out of order it's not gonna what I would say throw you for a loop but what it will do is in a sequential order it really just kind of knocks the things out and you know I'm gonna be honest everything that is offered all of the educational you know uh the training the the um the show itself everything here at the foundation is from the standpoint of reestablishing you know that foundational you know uh understanding of how to do business in the public but also it's really, you know, the things that I wish that I had access to when I first came into the information. When I was looking for information on trust, specific type of trust, 
that I was specifically told about in a specific jurisdiction. And I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But, you know, that's, that's what happened. That's how it happened. And, you know, all of this stuff is really just, you know, I wish this stuff was available when I came back from overseas to the States and was 100% not playing. So, you know, just for the record, I guess. Also, outside of the Foundation Trust Series, we also have um, the pleasure and I think the benefit to have the Foundation Passport No Social Part 1, Part 2. We had a lot of, especially when we first, you know, started, when I first started doing shows, what was that, 2016 on on high frequency? It was 2016, y'all. I think it was January or February of 2016, actually. There was a lot of interest in, you know, obtaining the passport without a social. I guess the interest has died down or has been satiated. I'm not really sure. But there's still heavy, heavy, heavy influence um, in people's minds, I guess, that are looking for this, this type of information. You know, how to obtain a passport without a social, how to do business without... You know, um, having to surrender, I would say, this is the terminology, I would use surrender, a social security number. And um, it's it's really, to me, I think it's a, it's a really, uh, it's, it's really an honor, you know, to have had Chris L. come through and specifically reach out to me and say, here, this is what I want to share, share with the audience. And this is how I want to share it. And that was that was just you know, that was dope. And I haven't really seen anything like it since. You know, someone just reaching out and just just plugging us in the way that he did, uh, that way he did. Excuse me. So, shout out to Chris L. And make sure y'all check out that. We got Foundation Trust Primer, Foundation Trust Series One, Two, and Three. Foundation Passport, No Social. All those you can find at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com in the education section. And uh, also you can find our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, now known as X, YouTube, all that dance. Easily you can find that at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com as well as you can book a consultation still. You know, for now. And you can make a donation all at the same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. So I want to say, let me finish this out. Peace to all the listeners, live listeners, archive listeners, MP3 listeners, internet listeners, uh, live callers, all of y'all. However you're doing it, however you're checking out the show. Um, I want to say peace to you. Definitely want to say peace to anyone who's checked out the show for any you know extended amount of time and you're still here. You know, whether it's been a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven. Long time foundation listeners definitely want to say peace to y'all. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I know I'm like, I probably just seem different, right? We're going to get to that too. Um. Also, peace to all the trustees here uh, at the foundation and private trustee training as well as peace to anyone and you know who's investing in their private education outside of the foundation definitely want to say peace to you 
And last but not least, peace to everyone and anyone that has come into contact with the or has contacted us here at the foundation in any way, shape, or form. However, you know, there's so many at this point. Why well, name them all all right now? Doesn't make sense. Not to me at least. So we got current events coming up. Um the name of this show, The Economics of Poverty, something, you know, near and dear to my heart. I, you know, I will say that just because, man, been there. I mean, wow. I'm talking straight poverty. Poverty that only, you know, certain um, socially disparate uh, outcasts segments of the population would understand it, you know, comprehend. So, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And we're going to get to that, you know. I I, I got something for y'all. But I do got to say, unfortunately, I have to announce the uh, San Diego event has been canceled. San Diego, November 11th, canceled. Uh, I'm having a let me just say I'm having uh, health issues right now and um, dealing with uh, managing pain let's just be like that and uh, some other things so you know I, I can't travel right now I gotta get right with the uh, you know my uh, my health my health got <clears throat> my health has to uh, have to resurface um, I, I need to resurrect it uh, so we're going to reschedule it. We're going to figure it out. Uh, we might convert it to a, you know, like a, uh, e-conference, a web, web conference, have different rooms, different presenters. There's a lot of different ways we can do this. I really hate to do this. It just really sucks. And I'm not even going to play games, but I'm not, I'm not good right now. Uh, physically, even right now, just. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm doing my best to disguise it, but we're going to make it happen. You know, no excuses, yo. I ain't got no excuses, but um, just can't do it. So stay tuned. We're going to, you know, if you're on the email list, we're going to let you know. Everyone who's got tickets, you've already been contacted. And, uh, you know, feel free to hit us back. But I, I really apologize, but I'm not in good shape. I'm not. I got. I'm seriously injured. I'm just. Gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not even gonna pull any punches. Oh man. Uh, so, with that being said, I, I deeply apologize. And um, it's something that I, you know, really wish was not popping. But uh, so we have that. Unfortunate news. We do have some good news, I guess. The uh, the private side of Welcome to the Foundation, also known as the Members Area. Uh, the launch is going great. We have, I think, five more invitations available. So if you would like an invitation to the soft launch of Welcome to the Foundation's private side, shoot me an email, admin at welcometothefoundation.com, and I will see what I can do I'll see what I can do you know I'll see what I can do but you know I got your back you know you know we family 
You know we family. So I got you. And what else we got with, I guess, news or what we call it, announcements. I'm going to call it announcements. The foundation announcement. Uh, the other foundation announcement is starting uh, starting next week, next show, um, our current events section of the show will be moved to YouTube. So if you want to check out the current events, you got to go to YouTube and do your dance over there. I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be a great way to reduce this show's time run. Let's just be honest. This show is like an hour and a half, you know. And, yeah, I play some music and stuff. Y'all understand? I got to get the stuff ready. I got to make sure the levels are working. I got to make sure that y'all can hear me. I got to make sure certain connections are popping. Uh, you know, I got to get everything together. Sometimes it takes longer. And, you know, some people will be like, well, why don't you get together before you get on the, on the air? And to them, I would say I can't because... I have to be live in order to know what the levels are. I know, it's weird. It's not me, though. It's the way it is. And even the last couple shows, like, the the connection has dropped. I've had to reconnect to Blog Talk. And, you know, we got a mic now. This this new luxurious mic, which is likely going to be upgraded. And... There's just more going on over here. You know, we're upgraded. We're trying to do our dance. So, we got to play some music in the beginning. We can't just go live right away. But we're going to shorten the music. And we're going to ultimately shorten the episodes. You know, so the foundation episodes are going to be at least 30 to 45 minutes shorter. But you can still catch your current events on our YouTube page and it's going to be the same current events it's going to be the same dance and our our YouTube is what is it youtube.com forward slash forward slash I mean at you know that at symbol uh, welcome to the foundation that's what it is so YouTube forward slash at Welcome to the Foundation. I guess they changed it. I know it's Welcome to the Foundation. Spelled out. The YouTube is. I think, uh, what is it, the Twitter? It's Foundation for Law or something. I don't know. Can't remember. But that's 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 where you're going to check it out. We're, we're going to you know put the email blast out. Let it, everyone know. We will put links to the YouTube on you know the foundation episodes but I think it's you know, it's gonna be luxurious I think you know it's gonna be dope so with that, with that being said let's get into the last current events <laughs> that we'll do and not to say that I'll never speak about current events ever on the foundation again but you know these long sections you'll see this this it's getting more and more ridiculous
with regards to what's going on in the world. And I guess there's more and more um, current events that need to be brought to your attention, you know, as an informed audience than, you know, used to, used to need to be brought to your, you know, attention. The stuff's going on. Case in point, CNN business. The Fed holds interest rate steady for the second time. Washington, D.C., CNN. The Federal Reserve held interest rates steady today for the second consecutive meeting, leaving the central bank's benchmark lending rate at its highest level in 22 years. Economists and financial markets had expected the pause in the Fed's aggressive rate hike campaign after several Fed officials signaled they anticipate a further slowing of the U.S. economy as it continues to absorb the effects of higher borrowing costs. Fed's post-meeting statement noted that, quote, economic activity expanded at a strong pace in the third quarter, end quote, a recent development that has puzzled some economists. Despite the Fed's aggressively raising interest rates 11 times since March 2022 in a bid to combat inflation, the U.S. economy has not only avoided a recession so far, but instead expanded at a blistering 4.9% annualized rate in the third quarter, mostly due to solid consumer spending. I don't know how long you can um, You can count on that But ultimately they did not Raise the rates Again I don't think they will I think they'll start lowering uh, You know Sometime next year you'll we'll, we'll see We'll see I don't know what I'm talking about I, You know I can't give legal advice uh, Trading advice I don't I don't know what I'm talking about CNBC adjustable rate mortgage demand Jumps nearly 10% As buyers struggle to afford housing market and arm arms adjustable rate mortgages are all bad they're all bad you got a payment for like five years and then depending on the interest rate it balloons to something crazy the average contract interest rate for 30-year fixed rate mortgages with conforming loan balances which is uh seven hundred twenty six thousand two hundred dollars or less it decreased to seven point eight six percent which is down from 8%. The ARM share of mortgage applications is now at the highest level in nearly a year. Applications for a mortgage to purchase a home fell 1% for the week and were 22% lower year over year. Um, What does that say? I don't know. Quote, as higher rates continue to impact affordability, a purchasing, I'm sorry, and purchasing power. Adjustable rate mortgages, uh, mortgage loans increased 10% last week and continued to gain share, growing to 10.7% of all applications. End quote. This is Joel Kahn, who is an MBA economist. The arm share of the mortgage applications is now at the highest level in nearly a year. Overall mortgage demand, however, continues to slide applications to refinance a home fell four percent for the week seasonally adjusted and we're 12 percent lower man every every show i gotta do that i'm sorry and 12 percent lower than the same week one year ago applications for a mortgage to purchase a home dropped one percent for the week and we're 22 percent lower year over year is that a repeat of the thing did they just say that yeah they typed that twice y'all that wasn't me. 
quote, the impact of higher rates continue to be felt across both purchase and refinance markets. Purchase applications decreased to their lowest levels since 1995 and refinance applications to the lowest levels since January 2023, end quote, Con added. So we'll see. Meanwhile, whoa, what happened? What happened? As my Jamaica homie used to say, <laughs> CNBC supermarket bank branches are closing seven times faster than other locations. What happened? Banks closed 10.7% of their in-store branches in the year ending June 30th, according to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. While the financial industry has been closing branches for years, the pace accelerated sharply in 2021 after the Panorama Turbo charged the adoption of mobile and online banking. Regional banks PNC, Citizens Financial, and U.S. Bank shut the most in-store locations recently at chains, including Safeway and Stop and Shop. And, they're, you know, they're blaming it on the Panorama, which has been gone for a minute. American banks are out of here. Quote, in-store branches have fallen out of favor at many banks. We've seen banks look to shrink their branch networks with a focus on cutting less profitable branches that generate less customer traffic and fewer loans and high net worth accounts. I just feel like maybe there's just less traffic in grocery stores because people are broke. But we uh we can blame the Pam, you know the the the, the, the uh, Reuters instant. View U.S. Treasury increases size of its of most of its debt auctions, and you may be like, "Why does that matter?" U.S. Treasury Department today said it plans to quote gradually and quote increase the size of most of its debt auctions in the November 2023 to January 2024 quarter, and expects it will need one more additional quarter of increases after this to meet its financing needs. Quote, we're certainly seeing a well-deserved relief rally in bonds. These were fears that the refunding would be more weighted to the long end of the curve and what was eventually announced. This is helpful for two reasons. First, because the concerns about excess supply had been weighing more on the long end. And second, because the long end is more volatile than the short end. Good news has a bigger impact. It's also reasonable to think that fixed income markets are thinner than normal ahead of today's Federal Open Market Committee announcement. So good news might be getting rewarded a bit more than normal. Um, Yeah, it's true. Fixed income markets are much thinner than normal. But they're saying they need to, you know, continue to do a dance, actually increase the dance. You know, it's a crazy dance. Wow. Speaking of dance, and I ain't talking happy dance, CNN business, uh, what is it? Charles Schwab lays off 2,000 employees, man. Remember I told you they do these things in waves. They lay off in waves. They're not going to do it all at the same time. They're going to do it in waves, and they're going to do it over a few years. I said this, and that doesn't mean I'm smart. Charles Schwab has laid off about 5 to 6% of its employees, amounting to roughly 2,000 people, as it looks to cut costs 
a Schwab spokesperson said that these were hard but necessary steps to ensure Schwab remains highly competitive with industry leading levels of efficiency well into the future. Mm. It's inefficient to have employees. The company also released a percentage of how many people were laid off and didn't give, I'm sorry, it only released a percentage of people who were laid off and didn't give a precise number, but Schwab's headcount was 35,900 as of September 30th, according to a corporate fact sheet. Quote, they are decisions that impact very talented people personally, and we take that very seriously. We worked diligently to ensure affected employees were treated with care and respect throughout this difficult process, end quote. So, you know, I was treated fairly, and they respected me when they fired me. And, uh, you know, basically walked me to the door with security, Reuters, uh, com Splunk, to lay off nearly 7% of its workforce amid economic woes. Uh, Splunk, uh, ticker SPLK dot O, this is Reuters again, said today would lay off 7% of its global workforce as the cybersecurity and cloud software company grapples with an uncertain macro and economic environment. Excuse me. Quote, the overall market has retracted and we expect the macro environment will continue to be unpredictable for the foreseeable future. End quote. This is CEO Gary Steele in an email sent to employees. This was a month ahead of its quarterly results. So they're dropping, they're dropping, uh, you know, expenses before their, their quarterly. The reorganization is unrelated to a deal Cisco Systems made in September to acquire Splunk for $28 billion, Steele added. <laughs> so we're not laying off people. To you know, make uh, the company more attractive to Cisco for purchase. This it has nothing to do with this business. Has nothing to do with our business, right? No. Moving forward, yo. What is it? CNBC. It's crazy. America's Americans overdue on car payments at highest level in nearly thirty years, man. Nearly 30 years. What was it? The um, Americans panic search give car back as subprime auto loan delinquency erupts. Uh, not looking good. McDonald's revenue soars as it hikes menu prices. $18 Big Macs. This is coming out of where we at the New York Post McDonald's reported that its revenue was up 14% in the latest quarter a surge the burger giant said was driven by strategic menu price increases <laughs> oh it was strategic alright the Golden Arches brought in a total of $6.69 billion in revenue for the three month period ended September 30th $6.69 Nine billion dollars in three months, man. Beating expectations. This is according to Refinitiv analysts. Analysts, analysts, analysts. However, McDonald's, which has 
13,513 restaurants in the U.S. and over 38,000 abroad did not disclose how much the franchisor has increased its prices, which generally vary between locations. One branch in Darien, Connecticut, charging as much as $18 for a Big Mac combo meal, which includes medium fries and a medium soft drink. Dang, Connecticut. Meanwhile, that same Big Mac combo will run hungry patrons $13.69 at a McDonald's in Times Square. Shares of McDonald's were up less than a percent in pre-market trading following the release of its third quarter earnings report. Net income rose to $2.3 billion, up from $1.98 billion in the same period last year, and some stores' sales in the U.S. increased by 8.1% again, attributed to price hikes. But wait, there's more. California governor criticized after new $20 minimum wage raising prices of McDonald's and Chipotle. The state of California is known to be one of the most progressive states in America. However, some of their progressive policies are biting them back as they are somewhat backfiring. Conservatives are constantly showing major cities in the state suffering from a rise in homelessness. Now it appears that affordable fast food restaurants are also raising their prices. According to Fox News, both McDonald's and Chipotle plan to increase menu prices in California due to recent minimum wage hikes signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom. McDonald's CEO Chris Kempinski acknowledged that wage impact for California franchisees and the need for higher pricing. Furthermore, he also mentioned considerations regarding productivity and Mitigation efforts. Chipotle's chief financial officer, Jack Hartung, indicated that their chain will likely raise prices by a mid to high single digit percentage in the state. These prices increases follow the minimum wage hike for fast food workers in restaurants with over 60 locations nationwide. Inflation and rising costs have prompted such such adjustments in recent years. Several ex-users are stating that Governor Newsom is making an unaffordable mistake and making it unaffordable for the average Californians. It is well known that the state is an expensive one. Property prices are rather expensive on the West Coast, and apparently there are rumors that a new tax will be implemented for luxury homes. In addition... (laughs) Many are complaining that this is not helpful to the people in the state. Salary increases are a good thing, but companies are not willing to take a hit at their profits. Thus, price increases are necessary. It is a precarious situation as if strict laws are implemented on a company's profits, they may leave the state entirely. Following that, ex-users feel that these companies are showing their greed and passing these extra costs to consumers. Despite this, Others state that corporations like McDonald's and Chipotle are not charity organizations as they are businesses. They feel that this might impact the amount of staff needed for restaurant locations as well. Yup, Flippy the Burger Flipping Robot. Put, uh, put that in your search engine. Just type it in there. Flippy the Burger 
flipping robot. Moving forward, CNN Business Nokia says it will cut up to 14,000 jobs, man. Hong Kong out of CNN, Nokia, I'm sorry, CNN, CNN out of Hong Kong. Nokia will slash up to 14,000 jobs in a major cost-cutting drive to address a weaker market environment. The Finnish telecom giant, a major provider of 5G equipment that employs 86,000 people, announced the move as part of a wider restructuring that will lower its headcount to between 72,000 and 77,000. The move will help the company reduce staffing expenses by 10 to 15 percent and save at least $421.4 million or 400 million euros. And this is just in 2022, I'm sorry, 2024 alone, (laughs) the company projected. Overall, it said that the reductions are expected to trim Nokia's cost by up to 1.2 billion euro, which is nearly 1.3 billion dollars, cumulatively by the end of 2026. Nokia said it would act quickly to make the changes. Basically, we're firing y'all right now. They came back. They said how much money we can save. I, as an executive, have determined how this will make me look to my higher-ups. When we actually do save the money. So, people are getting the boot. And this is kind of indicative of the economy. This is indicative of how many people need jobs. Reuters.com LinkedIn hits 1 billion members and it adds AI features for job seekers. LinkedIn, the business focused social network owned by Microsoft said it now has more than 1 billion members and is adding more artificial intelligence features for paying users. Crossing the billion users marks, I'm sorry, marks uh, puts LinkedIn in the top tier of social media networks that include rivals such as meta platforms. About 80% of recent members are signing up for um, signing up from outside the United States, the company has said. LinkedIn has a free tier of membership, but also offers subscriptions. Members of its $39.99 a month tier will get new AI features that can tell a user who may be plowing through dozens of job list, listings and postings whether they're a good candidate based on the information in their profile. You get, you get to pay for this. The system can also recommend profile changes to make the user more competitive for a job. Mm. Not looking good. CNBC, indicative of current economic conditions, I would say. Netflix ad-supported tier has 15 million subscribers, triple the previous count. This is the, this is the. It, it might as well be cable. Let's just call it cable. Let's call it what it is. It's cable because you're paying to watch it, but you're also paying to watch advertisements. Netflix today said its cheaper ad-supported tier has amassed 15 million global monthly active users. That's triple the most recent figure disclosed in May and notable growth for Netflix as it laps a year since rolling out the new subscription option. 
shares of Netflix closed up roughly 2% today. The streaming giant introduced its ad-supported plan alongside a password-sharing crackdown in an effort to drive revenue amid slowing subscriber growth. The move has proved fruitful so far. In the company's third quarter report, Netflix said it added 8.8 million subscribers, more than Wall Street expected, and that it expects similar bump in subscribership growth in the fourth quarter. Netflix has been looking to amp up its ad tier with new features for advertisers and users alike. Oh, yeah, new features. Hey, when you go to the bathroom, we're going to beam an advertisement into your bathroom. Newly instated president of advertising, Amy Reinhard, <laughs> said in a blog post today that advertisers can now choose to run 10, 20, and 60-second ads in addition to the 15- and 30-second spots offered. The move will allow advertisers around the world multiple formats to leverage. You might get a second ad, 20-second, 60-second ad. You get four of them in a row. Members of the ad tier can also expect some features coming their way. Netflix said it will roll out a higher 1080p streaming resolution for ad tier users in addition to the 720p. Users will also be able to download movies and series to their devices starting at the end of the week. In a push to appeal to binge watchers, beginning in the first quarter of 2024, Netflix will present an ad-free episode after users watch three consecutive episodes of a series with three consecutive episodes of ads. So you got to watch three episodes of ads and you can watch one without ads. This hurts. I mean, literally. Literal pain. CNBC. Marlboro. 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 I just, it's weird saying that. Uh, Marlboro maker Altria reports declining revenue, citing competition from illicit e vape products. Um,. I don't know. I would say people are quitting, and I would say people are broke. The Marlboro Maker said its domestic cigarette shipment volume decreased 11.6%, primarily driven by wider declines across the industry and competition from illicit e-vape products, among other factors. I don't know. I think people are broke. I think that's a that's a sign of the times. Um. Yeah. You can't even afford your addictions anymore. CNN Business, American inequality is rising despite higher wages. The labor market is strong and Americans are earning more money, but they should probably hold off on the champagne and caviar because while the rich are definitely getting richer, for everyone else, the story is a bit more complicated. It's not complicated. People broke. What's happening? Wage growth advanced at a healthy one, blah, 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 blah. The Fed survey, blah, blah, blah. The median. or midpoint net worth for households has also increased. It's 37% higher since 2019. However, it was significantly lower than the millionaire-making mean, coming in at $192,900. And while the median net worth has increased significantly, it's still under $200,000, far short of the estimated amount Americans should have in retirement savings. The numbers become more drastic when broken into income brackets, 
the top 10% of wage earners who have an average net worth of six, net worth, excuse me, of about 6.6 million saw their income increase by about 22% between 2019 and 2022. Middle income wage earners saw a 5% increase over the same period. Uh, what's the What's the rate of, of interest at the Federal Reserve? Oh, it's more than 5%. What's the rate of inflation <laughs> in, in, in household goods? More than 5%. There was some increase in income inequality over the period. This is the Fed. This is the Federal Reserve saying this. Indeed, it was one of the largest three-year increases in income inequality over the history of the modern survey, according to the Fed. That widening gulf between the haves and the have-nots could help explain why Americans are losing confidence about the economic outlook. And this happens in societies, you know, and then it it leads to, you know, uh, uh, it's a word I don't want to use. It starts with an R. It rhymes with pollution. Uh... Uh, the root word is revolve. Anyways. For the third month in a row, the conference board's consumer confidence index fell dropping to 100.2. I'm sorry, 102.6 in October. But when upwardly revised 104.3 in September, the index is at its second lowest level this year. Landing just shy of May's 102.5 reading, according to the conference board data released yesterday, and high prices are making people feel worse. Quote, consumers continue to be preoccupied with rising prices in general and for grocery and gasoline prices in particular. Everyone needs gas to go to work. I don't care if you don't have a car, the bus or however you get to work needs gas. And you say, oh, well, I walk. doesn't matter. The price of your sneakers will increase because please believe fossil fuels are used to create them. And if the petrol is used, it's going to be more. But it doesn't matter because they still need to be shipped. That requires gasoline. And, of course, you know, we all need to eat, right? Consumers with a household income between 25000 and 35000 saw the biggest decline in confidence about the economy over the past month. In contrast, consumers with a household income of 100000 to 125000 saw the biggest jump in confidence over the past month. Depends on what economic situation you are in. This is unfortunate. Didn't like to hear this. The percentage of Americans families that own individual stocks and not just retirement funds is near record highs. <sighs> Look, reverse this news, right? Reverse it. Let's, let's just say let's just say for a thought exercise, right? That all this is going to plan. It's just we're on the opposite side of the plan. CNN Business, DoorDash is testing warnings about bad service if you don't tip your driver. What? We broke. If you place an order through the DoorDash app without leaving a tip, you may get a pop-up that says orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. 
Are you sure you want to continue? Dashers can pick up and choose. I'm sorry, can pick and choose which orders they want to do. Orders that take longer to be accepted by dashers tend to result in a slower delivery. In other words, if you don't tip your driver, prepare to wait a long time for a cold meal. Customers are then given the option to add a tip or continue without one. So they ask you twice if you want to tip them, which means that they are condoning. Listen, DoorDash is condoning these, these drivers to not give you your food if you don't leave a tip. As tipping screens have become more commonplace, Americans are balking at the ask and wondering when they should tip and when it's acceptable not to. In this case, DoorDash is laying out the cons directly to the customer and asking them to see the extra money as incentive for good service rather than reward. So they're saying basically the tip is part of their pay. And is not a reward for good service. So basically, tips are no longer for good service. What? So regardless if you give good service or not, I'm gonna I have to tip you. In the case of DoorDash, which I don't use, you have to give a tip before you even receive your food, man. Tell me if I'm wrong. Email me. Leave a comment. I don't care what you do. Please let me know if I'm tripping. Am I tripping? How you how you gonna say to to you're telling me to look at the extra money as as an incentive for good service rather than a reward for good service? Basically telling me that your tip is part of their pay. Oh, man, don't like it. Dashers, the people who deliver orders, are independent contractors who have full freedom to accept or reject offers based on what they view as valuable and rewarding. So basically, DoorDash is not paying them enough. Is DoorDash even paying people? Or are these these people are, are delivery people for DoorDash. And listen, this is not a dig on DoorDashers like the delivery people. They have no control over this at all. This is just a company taking advantage of a very, very um, negative economic position in this country. Tips go directly to Dashers according to the company. So if an order comes in without a tip, they're more likely to let it linger. DoorDash, along with one with other third-party delivery providers, has opposed efforts to create a minimum wage for delivery drivers. Its own sales have been growing. In the third quarter, total orders grew 24% year-over-year to $543 million. The company said today and revenue spiked 27% to $2.2 billion compared to last year, even though the company reported the net loss of $404 million. Shares of the company were up 7% after the market closed today. So this company has revenue of $2.2 billion. I'm tripping on this. I'm just going, I'm, all right, I'm going to move forward. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, it was a squirrel. Squirrel. What we got here? Uh, Market Watch. Uh, Wall Street braces for rough for roughly $1.5 trillion in further borrowing needs by the Treasury. 
J.P. Morgan Chase and Deutsche Bank estimate the Treasury will need to borrow roughly $1.5 trillion during the current fourth quarter and first quarter of 2024 on top of its $1 trillion estimated borrowing that took place in the third quarter. Jeffries puts the number closer to $1.4 trillion. Treasury's heavy borrowing is one of the most important factors behind the recent steep run-up in long-term yields, which ended the New York session at their highest levels since 2007 last week. What happened in 2007, 2008, 2009? Since July 10th, I'm sorry, since July, 10 and 30-year yields have each jumped by a full percentage point or more as traders fret over the onslaught of supply of treasuries, the U.S. government's fiscal trajectory, excuse me, and the risks of holding long-dated government debt to maturity. You're going to get paid? A lot of times these things get sold back and forth, you know. Computer-led equity hedge funds beat human stock pickers in October. Reuters.com. All bad, y'all. Hedge funds. This is a this is a blast. This is a shot across across the bow. What is this? Um, a precursor. I don't care what you call this. Pay attention. Hedge funds that trade equities using computer programs defeated human stock pickers in October by a large difference in performance, according to a Goldman Sachs note. Systematic long short hedge funds, as the computer led strategy is known, posted at 4.9% in gains last month, while fundamental long short went down 6.66%. The systematic fund's performance was driven by asset selection, volatility, and some crowned trades. In the case of the fundamental long short funds, the detractor was their exposure to stock indexes. Uh, they finally just letting us all know that artificial intelligence trades better than professional traders. I could be tripping. I'm tripping. I might be crazy. Don't, don't take my word for it, please. Do your own research. But um, yo, that's it. With, that's it with current events. Appreciate y'all checking out the show. The foundation, the economics of poverty. <clears throat> You know, I've done I've done shows similar to this, right? This is this is near and dear to my heart. You know, I feel like I was very very um, lucky to escape poverty, right? In my um in my life, right? But I don't really think it's luck, and I've come to consider that I think luck maybe had nothing to do with it. Uh. Um, I think there were other factors that had to do with it. If luck had anything to do with it, it maybe it was lucky that I was born in the United States of America or in, you know, I'm a rock-a-lock-sa, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. What it is is, yeah, I think it's, it's a difference in what you know, what you don't know, what you do, and what you don't do. So let's jump into this episode. And of course, this episode is going to go a little over. I know there's a lot of current events, but y'all need to hear all those. And as I said, current events will move to YouTube starting next week. So you can make sure to check out our current events on YouTube. Poverty. The state of poverty is the state of one who lacks a usual or socially acceptable amount of money or material possessions. 
Poverty is said to exist when people lack the means to satisfy their basic needs. In this context, the identification of poor people first requires a determination of what constitutes basic needs. These may be defined as narrowly as those necessary for survival or as broadly as those reflecting the prevailing standard of living in the community. The first criterion would cover only those people near the borderline of starvation or death from exposure. The second would extend to people whose nutrition, housing, and clothing, though adequate to preserve life, do not measure up to those of the population as a whole. The problem of definition is further compounded by the non-economic connotations that the word poverty has acquired. Poverty has been associated, for example, with poor health, low levels of education or skills, and inability or unwillingness to work, high rates of disruptive or disorderly behavior, and improvidence. While these attributes have often been found to exist with poverty, their inclusion in the definition of poverty would tend to obscure the relation between them and the inability to provide for one's basic needs. Whatever definition one uses, authorities and laypersons like commonly assume that the effects of poverty are harmful to both individuals and society. So, in essence, <clears throat> I, I would like to say that the, the ultimately the poverty line as we know it here in the United States is the, the latter of the definition. So there's two ultimately two definitions of poverty, right? Um uh the state of one who lacks a usual or socially acceptable amount of money or material possessions. Poverty is said to exist when people lack the means to satisfy their basic needs. Basic needs is that narrowly defined as those necessary for for survival because if we're talking about basic needs those necessary for for survival then we have to understand that there really isn't too much poverty in the United States let me rephrase that There really aren't too many people in the United States that can't provide for their basic necessities. That are counted, in my opinion, when you're dealing with economics. I think when you're dealing with economics, you're talking about um, the... um, Social aspect of it, socially acceptable amount of money or material possessions. So if you have a, if you don't have a certain amount of money, if you don't have certain material possessions, you would be considered living in poverty. And I think a lot of people agree with that. Right. But ultimately, I think it's a personal thing. I do want to make the distinctions. But furthermore. Um, there's cyclical poverty, poverty um, that may be widespread throughout a population, but the occurrence itself is of limited duration. 
in non-industrial societies, present and past, this sort of inability to provide for one's basic needs rests mainly upon temporary food shortages caused by natural phenomena or poor agricultural planning. Prices would rise between, I'm sorry, because of scarcities of food, which brought widespread, albeit temporary, misery. Uh, such as the United States experience in the Great Depression. Though unique in some of its features, exemplifies uh, this kind of, kind of poverty. And until the Great Depression, poverty resulting from business fluctuations was accepted as an inevitable consequence of natural process of marketing regulation. Relief was granted to the unemployment to tide them over until the business cycle again entered an upswing. The experience of the Great Depression inspired a generation of economists such as John Maynard Keynes, who sought solutions to the problems caused by things in business cycles. Since the Great Depression, governments in nearly all advanced industrial societies have adopted economic policies that attempt to limit the ill effects of economic fluctuations. You have also collective poverty, which is contrast to cyclical poverty, which is temporary or widespread, involves a relatively permanent insufficient insufficiency of means to secure basic needs, a condition that may be so general as to describe the average level of life in a society or that may be concentrated in relatively large groups in the otherwise uh, prosperous society. Both generalized and concentrated collective poverty may be transmitted from generation to generation, parents passing their poverty onto their children. Collective poverty. Collective poverty is relatively general and lasting And is usually related to economic or generally related to economic underdevelopment. And then you have concentrated collected poverty. In many industrialized, relatively affluent countries, particularly demographic groups, are vulnerable to long-term poverty. In city ghettos, in regions bypassed or abandoned by industry, and in areas where agriculture or industry is inefficient and cannot compete profitably, there are farm victims of central... uh, concentrated collective poverty these people like those affected with generalized poverty have higher mortality rates poor health low education levels and so forth when compared with more affluent segments of society their chief economic traits are unemployment and underemployment unskilled occupations and job instability so kind of sounds Familiar. Collective poverty, generation, generational poverty, collective poverty, and concentrated collective poverty. So now that we've, you know, what I would say, quantified poverty, let's get into it. But first, I have to say, we got about a minute and a half left in the live broadcast. I will go over, but if you're not called in and connected to the switchboard, you're not going to be able to, you know, hear it. You're going to get disconnected. You're going to have to check out the archive episode. So if you'd like to call in, repeat the rest of the show, 563-999-3616. If you're not already in the switchboard, once again, 563-999-3616. 
1-6. And you can beat the rest of the show. But, you know, we about to start streaming in about 30 seconds. You know, tappy, tappy, tap that phone. Um, ultimately, what I want to do, I want to move on to the economics of poverty, right? And, you know, a lot of people, you know, and it, I feel like this is a taught mentality and does not serve the community Where are we at? Theodore W. Schultz. Most of the people in the world are poor. So if we knew the economics of being poor, we would know much of the economics that really matters. Most of the world's poor people earn their living from agriculture. So if we knew the economics of agriculture, we would know much of the economics of being poor. These are the words from T.W. Schultz, 1979 Nobel Prize in Economics Lecture, which are no less true today than they were, what is that, like 45 years ago? Most people consider poverty in particular manners, but there are a specific characteristic that um, is peculiar to poverty, which is hopelessness. The most distressing characteristic you can you frequently encounter among poor people is hopelessness, a general resignation to ongoing physical deprivation, envisioning a materially improved existence. I'm, I'm going to say it again. A general resignation to ongoing physical deprivation. You've resigned that this is what it is. And difficulty in envisioning a materially improved existence. You you can't even envision a better life. This is called hopelessness. Uh, Were these conditions uh, chosen out of aesthetic discipline, it would be unspeakably admirable. But for the most of the world's poor, deprivation is less a discipline than a passion. Passionate about being hopelessness, being hopeless, feeling hopeless. Passionate about it. Love it. I'm just reading excerpts, yo. Uh, But let me just get straight to it. And boom, here we go. Powerlessness, right? Page, page fifteen. 
I'm just I'm going through my notes. I'm sorry. Uh, the standard economic approach depicts work as merely a means for converting one's endowment of available labor time into cash that one can spend on goods and services that bring satisfaction. More refined treatments assign a value to leisure and thus some distinctly to labor. Distinctly that must be compensated for through material earnings. Yet such a view suggests that um, humans are valued for what they have or what they consume rather than for what they are and what they contain. Where's the other part? The trap of imperfect metrics may be a special concern. Um, chronic, po- chronic poverty is likely more a sign of hopelessness and the individual's moral failings with regards to their plight. <laughs> wow. The indisputable role of governance and development and poverty reduction has become something of a fad in economics. The problem is that economists are poorly equipped to handle issues with skill because political support turns on more than voters-based material interests. Uh, What we got here? Oh, uh, while many facets of the phenomenon of poverty can be quantified and rigorously rigorously analyzed using um, economists' empirical toolkit, not all of the salient issues are best approached via this discipline. The humanities and other social sciences hold clear absolute as well as comparative advantage in exploring some important dimensions of human suffering, and economists need to recognize this and yield accordingly. For economics itself, poor in the sense of palpably lacking in some key attributes and it needs assistance no less than the poor do. And what do we got? Um, Ultimately, the vulnerability in spite of a general greater risk aversion, the poor face considerable greater risk than do the wealthy. Um, between 1990 and 1998, poor countries accounted for 94% of the world's 568 major natural disasters and 97% of disaster-related deaths. But ultimately, what are they what are they saying? In my in my opinion, you know, because I'm having trouble finding this this spot right here. In my opinion, um, 
I think the the biggest thing with regards to the economics of poverty or also known as the poverty of economics is um how we not only respond to insecurities as people, but how we view the future. How we view our future. And I think um when when we when we are not excited and empowered with the thought of our future tomorrow next week next month next year you know it it typically allows one to resign themselves to a poverty mind state, a poverty mindset. And this is what I would say is generational poverty. Um the the energy of poverty is essentially negative. But the essence of the poverty trap ultimately is that one chooses to stay in a situation that almost surely implies a life of poverty. Maybe there there is insufficient incentive to escape poverty, to induce the real sacrifice needed to grow out of poverty. All poverty will be transitory with everyone accumulating productive assets until they converge on a single equilibrium income level as posited by neoclassical economic growth theory But it is up to you. It is it is determinant on whether or not we are willing to sacrifice today for a better tomorrow. To do something different so we can receive a, a, a different result. And that's really what it's about. And in order to do that, we have to envision a better future for ourselves and for our families. This is how we escape the economics of poverty. This is how I did it. I envisioned a better future for myself and my family. It was very easy because my upbringing, 
especially my younger years, was very tore up. So the bar was very low. Worked towards that better future. Sacrificed kick it time, hang out time, friend time, family time, girlfriend time. To gain new skills and expertise so that I, I can apply them and increase my value in the commercial realm. Ultimately, that's what it is. Letting go of that sense of powerness. There is no nobility in being poor. Play. Uh, You playing small does not serve your family, your community, or your world, or the world. And envisioning a better future, a better day tomorrow is necessary to make sacrifices today. Human agency plays an important role in establishing one's asset holdings and productivity as already should be known. Through resource allocation choices people make, particularly their choices regarding investment in asset accumulation and in inquiring, I'm sorry, in acquiring and learning new skills, technologies, It is important to understand that um, your mind is very, very powerful and that um, your, your eyes will not see that which your mind does not accept, which is important to understand and comprehend. There are tipping points associated with uh, specific critical thresholds. Um, Those who can clear thresholds enjoy reasonably good prospects in life. But relatively few are able to do this entirely on their own. There is a crucial role for well-placed assistants. I'm I'm trying to... (laughs) I'm trying to paint a picture here, y'all. Um, listen. Um, there's only one way that we are able to change our circumstances. And, you know, I've I've spoken on this before. You know, I call it the three B's. Uh, Believe, begin, become. And, you know, I think, you know, now that I've gotten older and, you you know, I feel a certain way for having partially participated in this. But I also know that, you know, um, the people who I saw as successful, who looked like me, 
or entertainers and athletes. Um, the people who look like me in media, movies, and TV shows were drug dealers and pimps or inmates in prison or some sort of criminal that died within the first five minutes of every movie. There is a concerted effort, in my opinion, to control how we view ourselves. I hope you understand what I'm saying. To control how we view ourselves. And it's important to understand that how we view ourselves and how we consider ourselves directly affects how we see our futures. And I just want to point out that there's there's there there appears to be a concerted effort over an extended amount of time to, you know, control how we view ourselves. I find that to be I find that to be um uh quite disconcerting. So, with that being said, I, I want you to look up and pay attention, you know. Uh, also, I would like you to, you know, maybe reevaluate what your worth is and what you deserve. I don't, I don't think you deserve poor poverty, dishevelment. I don't, I don't think... Um, you deserve an unfulfilled existence. I don't think that you deserve to resign yourself to, you know, and particularly unfulfilled existence on this planet. I think it's important to to really address how we view ourselves. I I believe it's very important to our, you know, movement outside of, you know, what some would say abject or chronic poverty. And I don't know. I think I think this is very, 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 very um, significant, and I, I trust that you're picking up what I'm putting down. Because I think that. There's something to be said about this. This whole poverty dance, this whole um, oppressed dance, this whole, you know, overall mental 
framework that is so predominant within, you know, my communities, our communities, let's say that, our communities. But I will end with this. Excuse me. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, to be gorgeous, to be talented or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of the creator. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are born to make manifest the glory of the creator that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. A lot of us fear our brilliance in my life. I've come into contact with a lot of people who fear success. I never would have believed it had I not witnessed it. And I think this is something that we need to contemplate. I think we need to, you know, take a look at ourselves as well as look at our environment as we journey toward a better life and a more fulfilled existence. And as we lay the foundation for future generations. So I trust you enjoyed the show. By the way, um, that was um, Nelson Mandela's 1994 inaugural address as president of the Republic of South Africa. That uh, I would say that 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 little excerpt of the speech that I just said, and these things, I think, are known by few. And I believe should be known by many. So with that being said, this has been the economics of poverty. On the foundation on high frequency radio network. I'm your host, Sot L. And thank you for, you know, investing your time with the foundation. For the first time, again, whatever it is, you know, we appreciate you. I apologize. For a lot of the pauses and stuff, I'm just trying to uh, manage. <clears throat> Don't forget to check out WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. We are soft launching the private side of Welcome to the Foundation. Email me, admin at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com if you are interested. We have launched the Foundation Magazine. Issue 1 is still available. If you're interested in signing up for the digital or print subscription of the foundation magazine email support at welcome to the foundation.com just let them know that you would like to sign up for either digital print uh subscription of the magazine it's, it's luxurious it's absolutely luxurious uh 
Unfortunately, due to um, health dances, we had to cancel the November 11th event. We will keep you posted on the rescheduling of that event. Man, hopefully, just give me like, hopefully, I just need a couple weeks, you know, like three weeks or two to three weeks. And I'll be good. I'll be back on the team. You know what I mean? Uh, Current events will be moving to YouTube as of next week. This will be a shorter show starting next week. I think um, it's a good dance. You know, people who are more interested in the content can just check out the, you know, the foundation episodes. People who are more interested in current events can check out the current events. Uh, YouTube is a, you know, platform that more people are on. And, uh, you know, we would we would appreciate it if you went to YouTube.com forward slash at Welcome to the Foundation and subscribe. You know, we do this for y'all. Definitely do this for y'all. We're coming up on 10 years. Nah, coming up on eight years. <laughs> you know, but we get to eight years. I'm like, man, it's almost 10 anyways, right? I'm eight and a half. That's what children said. I'm eight and a half. You can't forget that half, right? But, you know, it's been a luxurious ride. We still going. Uh, you know, the foundation, we ain't going nowhere. We're just keeping it moving. But, you know, we got a lot of stuff going. We got the foundation magazine. We got the private side of the foundation. We got different transitions. It, it, it's some luxurious dance. We also have, you know, a trustee training, the the silver tier, the, the, the most affordable tier, uh, the most affordable trustee training that's ever been offered by the foundation, hands down. Um, completely automated. Learn at your own pace. 100% automated. It's 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 uh, very excited that we were able to offer this to the public. It's taken a took a long time. It took a long time to get that up and running. But the private side of the foundation is here. Uh, as I said earlier, we have a, about five or six more invites that we can send out for the soft launch. If you're interested, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Apologize if I sound a little different. Maybe not um, in my normal, uh, what you call it, uh, mood or energy. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just dealing with a lot of pain. But, um, you know, the show must go on, right? So, with that being said, this is the foundation. We are high frequency. This has been the economics of poverty. My name is Sot L. Speaker of Truth L. Seeker of Truth L. And it has been my absolute pleasure to share this time with you here on the foundation. Uh trust to, you know, catch you on the next episode. Same time, same date, hottest radio network on the planet, high frequency radio network. I'm your your host, Sot L, and it has been a pleasure. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight and every night. And I'll catch you next time on The Foundation. Peace, y'all. High frequency radio.